Welcome to Millennial 615. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Recording on 420, man. Happy yeah, 420, man. Laura. Oh, I don't have any weed. What? With everything being shut down, combined with the fact that the cartridges aren't safe anymore, unless you're getting them from somewhere where it's legal, uh, my oh. my my connections are all dried up. <laughs> all my dried connections, up? all burnt my, out. Yeah, my connections are all from legal states. So I, you know, I have stuff delivered to me when they come into <laughs> town, and with fucking quarantine, nobody's coming into town. How long have you been without marijuana? two months what yeah i can't believe you haven't spoken about this sooner because like you smoke every day oh well no no oh i thought you did (laughs) no i like andrew has this vision of me just like sitting around fucking potted out all the time no (laughs) oh okay never mind i I have the cbd i have the cbd though so Uh uh-huh i'm making it that is legal yeah good for you thank you well, this is your worst 420 ever then. It is. And for a while, you know, I, I had I had laid off the habit. But I don't know. Something about turning 30 just made me stop caring. Why, why not just let it go at this point? You haven't had it for two months. You've survived. Well, I mean, it's not that I do it because I need it. It's recreational fun. <laughs> like drinking. Same reason. Yeah, you might quit drinking for a couple months and then you're like, hmm. I need me a Coors Citrus Rattler. (laughs) (laughs) I've been without those for years. I did go two days last week without drinking, which was, I was very proud of that myself. I have been drinking a little more because it's stressful right now. Mm -hmm. Also been eating a little more. Oops. I have a a cold drink prepared for after dark later today. So. Oh, nice. Nice. It's ready. Well, I have a brother who also, like Laura, is a big fan of indulging in a little pot every now and then. And he also happens to be expecting a baby, which Mm -hmm. is due today. So that's pretty serendipitous on his end. We've been calling her Baby Mary Jane, and he hates that. That's not her name, but we think it should be. So no uh, baby yet, but you know, the night is still young out here in California. So we'll see. But I will be an aunt very soon for the first time. And I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. We won't be able to meet her for a while because of, you know, the lockdown business. But that's okay. So we are on Baby Watch 2020. (laughs) Yeah, we're on Baby G Watch. (laughs) Stand by for a baby. (laughs) So yeah, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about life on the other side of quarantine as local officials contemplate reopening. Whether we're ready or not, we're going to be talking about that as well. And we'll also discuss some of your burning questions about getting through quarantine. First, though, just want to say happy birthday to our social media manager, Jewel, who celebrated a birthday over the weekend. Happy birthday, Jewel. Happy birthday. What did you you do? Because you couldn't go out, especially in California. They're strict as fuck over there. She said Zoom parties. That's Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, We didn't get that invite, but okay. Um... (laughs) Hey, you know what? People got to do what they got to do. <laughs> Jewel just you said, wouldn't have gone anyway, Andrew. I, don't play. I would have for Jewel. Of course I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jewel just replied, oops. Like, no excuse. Just oops. <laughs> she probably just didn't want to think about work. She thought we were going to be like, oh, by the way, you haven't posted anything on the Instagram today. Yeah. It's fine. You know, honestly, this is so my birthday is in another month. 
this is going to be my best birthday ever because every year I always travel somewhere so I don't have to see anybody local. Now, I won't have to see anybody local because we'll probably still be in quarantine here in Chicago. Ah, this rocks. I can actually stay home and not feel guilty about not inviting people over. This is this is kind <laughs> of getting ahead of the game, but my birthday for a really long time I was celebrating my birthday exclusively at Comic-Con. So I feel oh, you. Oh yeah. Yeah, because my and birthday we'll be was talking always about falling that later. right there. Yeah, Comic-Con has been canceled. Comic canceled. For the first time Oof. in this 50-year history. All right. Well, we also wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons. They are Annie, Amanda, Renee, Kelsey, Mary, Sydney, Marcus, Tara, Joshua, Joe G, Joe T. You guys signed up like right after each other. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, Haley, Andre, Helena, Brandy, Taylor, Looking Glass Girl, Laura, Michael, Stephanie, Lauren, Marissa, Sophie, Samantha, Holly, Molly. You guys also signed up right between each other. And Aaron. So thank you guys so much for your support. It really means the world to us, especially right now with everything going on. Um, knowing that we're a listener supported show just really helps bolster us during these uncertain times. So we yeah. appreciate you and we hope that we hope that you enjoy. We're so happy to have you. Especially when you turned out for us when we yeah. asked. Like the past couple of weeks we've been specifically being like, hey, we could really use the support right now. And you did turn out. So thank you. That was that was really, really heartwarming. Yeah. Had a little tear. Oh. Last week one of us was drinking on episode six fourteen and we said, tell us who was drinking. Not many of you participated. I'd rather you participate in Patreon than this game, but, you know, you can also participate in the game. <laughs> so then I went on Twitter and I said, come on, people, who was drinking on episode 14? probably thought we were all drinking, like it was a trick question. <laughs> well, also, the patrons knew. That's true. That too. The people tuning into the live stream already knew. Um, yeah, spoiled it. Oops. Yeah. I'll out myself. It was me. Like, I mean, this shouldn't be a shock to anybody. As she sips her tea tonight coffee uh oh coffee uh kelsey said it was me nicole guessed laura and then christopher guessed me as in him so <laughs> only nicole got it right well i guess christopher got it right as well because he was yes drinking while listening presumably also just wanted to announce that our next digital coffee hangout is wednesday april 22nd at 3 p.m eastern we will be doing it again with the the mug cast so it'll be a joint event. It'll be a lot of fun. Again, that's Wednesday, April 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern. So we hope you join us for that. And Laura and Pam got like kicked out halfway through the ne- last one. So no excuses this time. I mean, I, I'll fire that back at you. Pam and I were the only females in the room. And interestingly, we both got booted. That's it's true. That's true. And then we came back and Eric tried to be like super woke when we got back in the room. <laughs> I, th- I don't think I was back in time for that, but I'll take your word for it. Because, you know. <laughs> I wasn't being sexist by kicking you out. StreamYard was being sexist by kicking you out. And then like later in the day, we got an email being like, hey, all StreamYard customers, during this 10 minute period earlier today, <laughs> the platform was down. Of course, it was the 10 minutes where we were just kicking off our digital coffee hangout. Hasn't happened any other time, all of quarantine, except for those 10 minutes during the one hour hangout. Oh, my God. How convenient. What can you do? Just our luck. We also got a confessional uh, related to current times. The confessional reads, am I the asshole? 
So I'm just one of those people I don't think was meant to work from home. I get distracted very easily and I'm just not as productive. My friends and I have Zoom chats every couple of days and I've been talking about it with them. But one of my friends privately messaged me that I should, quote, stop complaining about working from home since someone in our group is an ICU nurse. While I totally see their point, They're also my friends and my support system. And if she hasn't directly said anything to me about it, then I feel like it's okay. I think it is okay. I think your friends are overreacting. Yeah, I think I mean, I think that there's a lot of context we don't have here. Um, I could see why if it's something that comes up every two seconds and it's the only thing you ever talked about, I could see why your friends might be like, okay, we get it. But if it's just a case of you blowing off steam in order to help your mental health, because this is just a really weird time. And even if you are somebody who's fortunate enough to work from home, it's still a major upheaval of your life, right? And you're allowed Mm -hmm. to have feelings about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say maybe if this is rubbing some folks the wrong way, maybe try talking to your friend who's an ICU nurse first. And being like, hey, I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't coming across in an unintended way. I completely understand that my situation is not at all comparable to yours. And maybe just talk about it with that person. I think sometimes people have a tendency to want to do like performance activism where they want to get like up on their armchair activist pedestal (laughs) and be like... Look at how unwoke you're being right now. So (laughs) definitely consider the fact that like maybe there could be some validity to it, but have that conversation with your friend who's the ICU nurse. I would Um, also just be a little self-reflective and, you know, think about the way that you're saying things. Um, I know like I know I'm sure I have a tendency to come off as, um, you know, maybe not as the way I well, let me back up a little bit. I'm sure that there have been instances in my life where I've complained about something and it doesn't come across the way I want it to. Maybe to this person, it's coming across as you, you know, feeling like your struggle is harder than somebody else's. And that might not even be the case. But I think that Laura has a really good point that, you know, you won't really know until you talk to the person that supposedly has a problem with this, but might not even care. Right. Also, it's all also like-, like there's not very much to talk about right now. I hate to say this, but, um, you know, my friends and I have been checking in on each other and I kind of feel bad saying, oh, same old, same old. Nothing's really changed. Still working from home every time they ask how I'm doing. But at the end of the day, like that's all of our reality. So if you're still going through that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's OK to feel shitty about it because it's kind of shitty. Yeah. And and working from home isn't always that great. It It really is not. You know, I've said on this show before, it's a blessing and a curse. There are some things that are stressful about it. And like Pam alluded to, it's in your tone. Like, are you actually being like, oh, work from home. This is the worst. And like dragging on and on about it and getting really whiny. 
if you're doing it that way, then that's probably insensitive to the ICU nurse. But if you're not, if you're just like, work from home sucks, and then you just move it on, that's okay. And yeah, I think talking one-on-one with this ICU nurse will make a big difference as well, being like, I just realized maybe this was a little insensitive towards you, and I'm sorry if it was. Yeah. Also, our social media manager, Jewel, has a really good point. She says, as long as you're not monopolizing the conversation, I think you're okay. Yeah, because some people just love to talk about themselves forever Mm -hmm. and ever. If you have a podcast, that's okay. And people can decide to tune into you or not if if it's interesting or not. But if you're doing it in a group of friends and all you're doing is talking about yourself, that's the worst. Yeah, I definitely have. I'm sure we all have a friend or two like that where, you know, you're trying to they ask you about something and you're trying to explain to them what's going on in your life and then they make it all about them. So it's like Mm -hmm. really a vehicle for them to tell you about whatever they're dealing with right now. So. Right. But right. I'm sure you're a, you're a good friend and and more than likely I feel like it might be what Laura was alluding to, which is that mm-hmm. you know, it's somebody that's being overly sensitive, but there's no reason to be. You know who you could talk this way to and they'd be totally cool with it. A therapist. And in fact, this week's episode of Millennial is sponsored by Talkspace, the most convenient, affordable and trusted online therapy you can get. It could not be a better time to tell you about Talkspace because right now we all need to stay home and you may be seeking therapy to get you through this difficult time on top of everything else that you have going on in your life. Talkspace online therapy is the best way to make lasting change in your life with the support of a licensed therapist. Even before quarantine, my favorite part about Talkspace was how I could easily fit therapy into my day. I have access to my therapist every day, and they're so good at getting back to you in a timely manner, so you can carry a conversation with them throughout the week. But now's an even better time to get started on Talkspace because you can get therapy without leaving your house. Send your licensed therapist text, audio, picture, or video messages from your phone or computer whenever you need to. You don't have to make appointments or deal with extra commutes. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform, all on your schedule. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. When you get started on Talkspace, you'll be connected with someone who will help you find the right type of therapist. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties. So if you have something very specific you want to work on, they will find someone right for you. Once you are matched, you can begin therapy the very same day. The bottom line is that life can be hard and Talkspace wants to give more of us the support we need at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. Again, that's M-I-L-L and Talkspace.com. Please, if you've been thinking of therapy, try Talkspace. I think you will absolutely love it. All right, so let's talk about coronavirus and specifically, for now, the entertainment angle. I've been looking forward to talking about this because obviously this has upended Hollywood and so many events surrounding Hollywood. And of course, just being able to go to the movie theater. First of all, Pam, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con has been canceled. Yeah. So I think that this is something that we were all kind of waiting for, all of us that, you know, attend either as professionals or just as fans of things. Uh, It was kind of funny because about a month ago, they were still kind of saying that the plan was still to go full steam ahead, which 
I don't think anybody really believed, but, you know, it was a nice idea. And mm-hmm. they finally pulled the plug just a few days ago. And, um, you know, it just kind of makes sense. Not just because I don't think people are going to, like, have maybe the excess income to attend or even will feel comfortable going to be around so many people, but also because all of the studios are basically shut down. So there's nothing really to promote. Right. Right. Everything they would have promoted is now being pushed to very end of this year or early next year. Exactly. But also, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is attended, I think, officially by like 150,000 people. But there's probably about 200,000 that actually descend on the area. And the area it's in is not large. You are always surrounded by people. It's not good for people with anxiety. In I get a sick every year I go. And that's just on a normal trip. We're not even talking like coronavirus. I just come back with a sore throat every year. This year, you would have had to dress like a stormtrooper to keep the germs away, I think. I think everybody would be dressed as a stormtrooper. Or something. (laughs) (laughs) And this, of course, is good from a public health perspective. But I'm also thinking about the businesses in San Diego that are going to be affected by this. Because... Comic-Con is the biggest event in San Diego every year, and they probably really depend on the income during that week. And for them to not have that, it's like um, how Austin was affected by losing South by Southwest. All these small, not small towns, but all these towns are going to be affected by these events being canceled. And it's something you don't necessarily think about, but we all should because they really bank on this business. 100%. And I know that, you know, you've been quite a few years as well. So I think that you'll know that even though there are a lot of um, restaurants and bars and stuff like that, that, you know, are mainstays, there's also a high turnaround in the gas lamp. So there are some, I don't know, I feel like every year I go, I see something that I hadn't seen before. Or there's a place that's yeah. been shut down. Like, um, there was that bar, the one that had all the um, the pennies on the wall. Do you remember? The Lincoln Room. Yeah, the Lincoln that's, Room. I was just going to say that, too, because yeah. you... And that place was really great, but it's not there anymore, probably because they couldn't make rent. So imagine, you know, how many of those yeah. places are, are not going to be there next time we go. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. That bar was awesome. It was Abe Lincoln themed. I yes. mean, how much better can it get? Fantastic. And then we go back the next year and it's gone and we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. There's also talk of movie theaters reopening and how they're going to reopen. Right, Pam? Yes. So um, there were a couple of different reports about this that came out also over the course of these last few days. The first one came from... From Reuters, who had an interview with a spokesperson for the National Association of Theater Owners in the United States. And that person mentioned that movie theaters will be looking to reopen as early as sometime late July of this year. And this falls in line with Cinemark's plans. Uh, Cinemark CEO Mark Zarati also revealed in a call with Wall Street analysts that Cinemark is looking to start reopening around July 1st. Um, Of course, this is all just still considered a tentative date for all of this, just because they'll still have to abide by government regulations. But it'll also depend maybe on whether certain parts of the United States are in a position to reopen before other sites. So, you know, maybe California will wait a bit longer, but like Atlanta will be like, sure, let's reopen now. Yeah, on Monday. Right, exactly. We'll talk about that. Do you want to talk Fucking about that, Laura? Monday. I'll let you finish. Okay. I'm going to let you finish, but oh, I got some You're going to let me finish. That. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> the idea of this was interesting to me, and I'm sure it will be interesting to a lot of you, because as we know, so many titles that were set to come out, either while this has all been happening or shortly 
after have been postponed or moved around. So there's mm-hmm. not going to be very much to show. Wonder Woman 1984 has a date in late summer, and so does Mulan, and I'm sure a couple of other bigger tentpoles do as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can even justify staying open if they open yeah. this early. But there's also talk that they might start trying to bolster some revenue by showing classic oldies but goodies. So anything from, you know, Grease to maybe a Harry Potter marathon to get butts and seats and and start, you know, getting employees back to work and stuff like that. And they specifically mentioned that. Two reports mentioned there's talks yes. of Harry Potter marathons to get people back in theaters and they'll do events. So like you'll be able to get butterbeer and you'll get, I don't know, some swag bag or something. Yeah. It's a good idea, I think. I don't think I would sit through all eight Harry Potter movies in a movie theater again, but maybe like the first couple, that could be a fun trip down memory lane. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I don't know about the theaters where you guys are, but even before all of this happened, my theater, the one that's closest to me, was already advertising a Harry Potter marathon anyway. And these are always super cheap, right? Like they give you Mm -hmm. access to all eight movies for like 30 bucks, which is a great deal even if you go see two or three and that's it. Well, maybe the Wizarding World franchise should get behind this in a really big way, like do an official thing with theaters around the world. Just plan something. I don't know what. Have J.K. Rowling sit in front of a camera for a half hour and talk about making the movies. Extra content that we'd be able to watch in theaters. Uh, Poe in the Discord, too, asking about social distancing inside theaters. And that was something that the Reuters article also, also briefly touched on in terms of you know, staggering out the reopening, which is that maybe the theaters that do reopen will still imply some kind of social distancing rules like we were kind of seeing before everything shut down. Yeah. So what would that mean? Like you couldn't have anybody closer than three seats away from you on either side? I think they'd have to do it something like that. Like AMC was only filling theaters to half of their maximum capacity, but I think they would have to look at doing even less than that if they want to stick by the six feet rule. See, and movie theaters have a really big problem because you're sitting in the same room as a bunch of strangers, hundreds of other strangers, for three hours. When you walk by somebody on the street, and if they're infected, you have less of a chance of getting it because you're just walking by them really quickly. But in a theater, you're breathing the same air as them for hours. Not to mention, the seats in most theaters are cloth seats that can't be efficiently sanitized between showings. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are they going to do? we're all going to be sitting on, like, plastic bags. Yeah, coronavirus <laughs> can live on surfaces for up to nine days. So I'm just like, I'm not going to be going to a movie theater anytime soon. Thank you very much. Well, I'm glad you bring that up, Laura, because I, I really wanted us to talk about how long until we do feel comfortable doing normal stuff like going to the movies again. You know, because opening things up for business is one thing, but... That doesn't mean that we or even other people around the world are going to feel like it's, you know, okay to go sit in public places or or be stuck in small enclosed yeah. spaces with other people. I'm going to say June at the earliest. So we're at the top of the curve right now, it seems, right? We're at the top mm-hmm. of the hill. Looks like we're on a downward trend. So that's why you're saying June? Yeah. Also, because, I mean, if... If things continue going well, June seems to be a reasonable time frame. But my fear is that if we start lifting restrictions before that time, it's just going to spike back up again. And I don't want to contribute to that. So, And just imagine getting starting a new curve. Like, oh, my God, the economy's dead already. 
Imagine mm-hmm. another one of these within the next few months. Well, I hate to and say this, and it's all because but... we just couldn't wait to get back out in public. Yeah, and, and also the like states. The, well, the reality is that we're probably looking at another situation like this because yep. they did mention that that you know it it'll probably ebb, and then we'll be right back where we started this time next year or even earlier until we get a vaccine that works and vaccinate you know most of the population. Well, the other concerning thing is that. China was reporting something like 30% of people in sort of like the epicenter who contracted COVID test retested positive after Mm. they were like cleared. And so it's like this, I mean, it's an unknown virus. There's a lot about it that we don't know. And we know it's highly contagious, that it lives for a very long time on surfaces, and that there's a pretty high potential of reinfection. So I'm not about to like, I, I know we we're going to get into my state governor in a second, but I see some people who are being really optimistic here. And I'm like, I don't think that you're paying attention to anything the experts are saying. No, they just want the economy roaring again before November, because it's probably going to help Trump win re-election. Mm-hmm. I have to say, though, I've been thinking lately i am not as scared as a lot of other people are and i don't say that to boast i just think the threat is real the concern is real and valid and i i agree with all that but people are afraid to go outside and i really don't think you need to be afraid to go outside like you two you barely go out of the house right now I'm still going out and about like every day. I'm not going shopping in a mall or to a bar or anything, of course, but like I'm going to Target or Costco. I'm walking around the park and like, yes, I'm keeping six feet, but I'm not worried that I'm going to contract it just by being outside. And so, so to answer your question, how soon will we be ready? Once Chicago lifts this stay at home order, I'm probably going to be one of the first people back at the gym. I'll be probably one of the first people back at the bar for a short period of time. I think it's prolonged periods of time being anywhere that I'll still be a little turned off by, but I'm just not as worried as other people. You you just look at like Chicago's population, then you look at the number of cases. It's so small. It's it's like it barely even registers. It's Yeah, but you know why that is? I know cuz we've all stayed at home. I get yes. it. Yes. I and I mean, it. look at, you know, look at a state like Iowa that has, like, I don't even know how their population compares. It, it's a significantly smaller population, and yet they have way more cases than your state does. Mm-hmm. And it's because they haven't been observing any of these shelter-in-place orders. Um, and, you know, I'm not afraid to go outside. I take my dog on long walks. I run to the store when we actually need things. My thing is I'm just not making a trip out unless I need to. That's my position. I'm also mm-hmm. trying to do the same, although I, I will admit that the times that I've gone to the store when I need to, I do catch myself getting a little anxious only because I can control myself, right? But I can't control Joe Schmo getting way too close to me instead of asking if I can like move to the side so he can get his, you know, cereal. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I've got I don't know. I just think people. it's like really irresponsible when I it just doesn't feel like 
everybody's taking it seriously. But you can't control everybody, and I know that that's no. That I what need are you to, supposed to, to do in a food store aisle? There's no, there's not six feet in that aisle to like avoid people. Right, the best you can. Right, you do the best. You just yeah. do the yeah, best but, you can. You know, it's like my whole thing is just like you could just ask me to, you know, say, oh, excuse me, I want to get in there, you know, and I'd be like, okay, cool, let me just like. But then, like, you can barely communicate with people because their mouths are covered. So, like, you don't know if you should (laughs) talk or not. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know what? Now that that is very true because our county and most counties out here in the Bay Area have moved to uh, masks mandatory at all times when you leave the house. So, yeah, a lot of people here are wearing masks. I've had some experiences in the store where I've just been very not not mean, but direct with people like. When I've I've had a couple of occasions where people have been like too close to me because they were trying to like get past me to get something without saying anything like excuse me to me um, or like riding right on my ass as they try to get around the store or like into checkout. And I've turned to these people, looked them dead in the eye and said, I know you're scared, but I'm going to need you to step back. And they do. I know you're scared. Yeah, that's why they're behaving this way. Because they're all freaking the fuck out, and they're oh, trying so they're like to like rushing. Yeah, they're trying to rush out, and it's like wow. It. I mean, none of this is going to work if you're psyching yourself into ignoring social distancing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not scared, and that's why they're getting close to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> These are people who are like, they just have that look. They have like a deer in the headlights. like. And it is eerie walking through Mm -hmm. a store. If you step back and look, everybody's wearing a mask. And this is like Mm -hmm. we're living in an episode of The Walking Dead. It's bizarre. The first time I went out that I was one of the only people that didn't have a mask on because they they said that it wasn't going to help or hinder at the time. Do you guys remember that? Like right at the beginning? And I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't. Right. But I guess like it doesn't unless everybody's doing it. So now mm-hmm. that's why, you know, they're kind of pushing it more here. Well, now you'll get a citation if you're not. I think I heard it reduces the rate of infection by 10%, which is not huge, but better than nothing. Man, I've heard such mixed numbers on this. And I feel like that's part of the problem. Yeah, I guess we just don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. And early on, we were being told it made no difference. And so we were all like, okay, well... CDC says it makes no difference. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to waste the material. Yeah. We just made some out of um, like some old pillowcases that we had and and put some filters in and stuff like that over the weekend. But it, it the cost really goes up if you don't have that stuff lying around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did your governor do today, Laura? 420. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so I good. I think he might have been high. <laughs> so... Uh, Governor Kemp, governor of the great state of Georgia, uh, got his way into office via some questionable methods, aka voter suppression of black people. Um, (laughs) he announced today, 18 days, I will have you all know, 18 days after he admitted on camera that he had just learned that viruses could be transmitted asymptomatically. (laughs) <laughs> 18 days after that after his whole like this is breaking news we just learned about this when he shut the state down today he got on camera and announced that they are reopening on friday barbershops salons and bowling alleys <laughs> what bowling alleys 
Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm really jonesing to go bowling right now. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then on Monday, they're going to be reopening restaurants and movie theaters. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still stuck I'm just... on bowling alleys. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're separated from other parties by like six feet. Yeah, yeah, right? and you're all <laughs> touching the, the golf same course, fucking but I don't think they should reopen balls. those either. It's and true. you're all wearing the same shoes. Like you rent yeah. those shoes that other people put on their feet. They're already nasty. It's true. And they, don't, they don't clean those balls. Come Bring on. Bring your own ball. <laughs> no, that's but... wild. And I'm I'm concerned because my brother's a bartender. So, I mean, on the one hand, this could be positive for him because he could be looking at getting more regular hours back starting on Monday. But on the other, it directly exposes him to the unwashed masses. And, and this could potentially cause a spike in cases here in Georgia and then potentially risk overwhelming our hospitals again and all of these other things that... You know, Dr. Fauci and healthcare professionals all over the world have been warning us about. I mean, Dr. Fauci actually said, like, either late last week or early this week, that returning to normal too quickly could be a huge risk. And, you know, Republican state governors like Governor Kemp are just so afraid that Daddy Trump is going to go off on a Twitter rant. And Mm -hmm. so they're willing to risk thousands of lives. I mean, in Georgia, we have 18,000 confirmed cases right now. And they're mostly in the Atlanta metro area. And you're telling the Atlanta metro area that they can just pretty much go back to business as usual. It's absurd and it's criminal. Well, and your governor may want to be the first so he can boast about being the first if this goes according to plan. You know, he Mm -hmm. can look back six months from now and be like, we were first to reopen America and it worked out fine. I liberated this state and we rejuvenated the economy. That's that's that would be my guess as to why he's rushing. Or or on the other hand, you could be made an example out of Georgia could turn into a national embarrassment. They could start reopening everything and then they're going to have an outbreak and it could be really, really bad. And that's going to be a learning lesson for other states to listen to. And then this is going to push everything another four or five months. You know, yeah. because states are going to be afraid to reopen and have what happened in Georgia happen to them. My whole thing, too, yep. is like, even if it works, right, say it worked in another state, not Georgia, because you guys already have, you know, a bit of a spike in cases. But there are some states that are not as badly off as, as, you know, other places like New York, for example, which is the epicenter. So it's not really an accurate representation of what it would look like if the entire country decided to reopen at the same time, Right. Because mm-hmm. each community mm-hmm. is different. Are people going to have to wear masks in public, Laura? I haven't seen any requirement. Wow. <laughs> it is strongly recommended, but it is not required. By the CDC or the state? CDC the state. recommends it. But not your state. Okay. No, so, yeah, yeah. that's... that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. But you see, I mean, especially here in the city, a lot of people are wearing masks. I was talking to my parents who live way out in the burbs and they were like, yeah, nobody's doing that here. And people are having block parties on the weekends. And I'm just like, great block parties. Yeah. People are like going out and like, they think that being outside makes it okay for them to be around each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. My neighbors next door definitely had a party yesterday. And I know Ugh. this because there never yeah. there are never that many people out there in the backyard, and it was so frustrating. Even uh, I was going to bring this up later, but um, 
Pat and I, the past two weekends, we've gone to parks outside of the Chicago boundaries. And um, it's nice to go for a walk outdoors. And we were able to avoid people easily because these were very big spaces. But a lot of people were not wearing masks out there. Here in Chicago proper, yes, you will see a lot of people wearing masks. But out there, people were keeping their distance but not wearing the masks. And honestly, we weren't either. But it's because we knew we were going to be able to keep at least six feet from other people because these were very big walking trails and all that. Yeah, I don't get it. I just I what makes me nervous about this is I feel like you know, President Trump and some of these Republican governors, I agree with you, Andrew, I think that they've seen the writing on the wall and they see that this election season could be very rough for the Republican Party based on coronavirus and the economy. And they've decided, well, we can't really control the virus, but we can control the economy. So we're going to place our bets on that with no regard for the human suffering and death that could come as a result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, trust me, I want to go like, I want to go out and like live my normal life. I want to be where the people yes. are. But God damn it. Like this isn't, it's not a game. This ain't a scene. It's a, <laughs> so bringing this back to entertainment, <laughs> I wanted to talk about special events or I don't think this was my idea. Maybe this was somebody else's idea. Uh, Talk about special events that celebrities have been hosting online. There have been a lot of them, which has been really great to see. It's been awesome to see celebrities be like, hey, I'm really bored. Let me do something for my fans. Um, There have been things like that Disney sing-along that aired on ABC last week. There was this massive music event called Together at Home, organized by Lady Gaga. She had a shitload of celebrities, including Elton John, Taylor Swift, all all kinds of people, and these little segments in between performances by ABC News. So it was very insightful as well as entertaining. Um, Laura, you saw something by Frank Turner? Yeah, so I'm a really big Frank Turner fan, have been for a while. He's been doing a lot of couch concerts where he's doing just acoustic sets, and he's doing them all to benefit venues around London that he plays at a lot, um, venues that obviously have had to shut down and aren't able to pay their staff. Um, So he's been doing a GoFundMe for every single concert that he does. And the concerts are all free. You can stream them. But he's plugging the GoFundMe throughout the whole thing. And he has raised like tens of thousands of dollars for these venues so that they can continue paying their staff right now, which is really great. There's also this occasional event by John Krasinski of The Office called Some Good News. And he's had celebrities on. I know in one installment, he had the cast of Hamilton on to sing for this girl who's uh, who couldn't go to Hamilton because of the COVID closures. Aww. So those episodes have been going viral because everybody especially women, love John Krasinski in the office and they're just infatuated with him. I see Pam smiling. Are you one of those ladies? Yeah, it's really, I mean, like, John Krasinski is great, but it is really heartwarming. I just watched the one this morning that he did. Um, it was his prom episode. So he hosted a virtual prom for teens that had their proms canceled this year. And mm-hmm. he had the Jonas Brothers on and Billie Eilish and Chance the Rapper made an appearance. Um, it was just... Mm-hmm. Really, really cute. And he interspersed little clips of, you know, high school students enjoying the live stream in the final cut. 
So if you're mm-hmm. just looking for something to warm your heart, I think that, that that's a good place to start because I think it's it's a really cute little show. And I know a lot of people have been tuning in. I see a couple of people in the Discord actually talking about that. So My one gripe with all of these is that everybody's been doing these over Zoom and using the shitty Apple MacBook cameras. By the way, Apple has to upgrade these cameras now that we've seen what we have to deal with when we're in quarantine. Like these are 720p. We need HD cameras, Apple. But anyway, I'm just tired of watching all these Zoom videos. You know you're going to tune into one of these and get low quality video. And I'm an HD AV snob, but I, I obsess over the quality of these podcasts, as these two will tell you. It's just really frustrating. And then SNL, they did Saturday Night Live at home. It was bad. A couple of the segments were kind of funny, but Weekend Update was absolutely terrible. They're like doing it over Zoom and then they have like SNL cast members in the background. You can't see them, but they're laughing at all the jokes and their laughter just completely bleeds over the jokes. It was terrible. So I'm just tired of watching all these Zoom productions. I get it. They can't have high quality cameras in their homes. It'd be just too much work to set up, but man, it's it's hard to watch. Once or twice, okay. But every week for a month, I'm I'm tired. Yeah, I know that some of the late night talk show hosts have been doing their shows virtual or digitally. Like I know Bill Maher has been doing it. And I haven't liked him. No, they he were, needs an like, audience. His monologues are very cringy. <laughs> and they try to they try to like play like audience laughter, like they add a laugh track to it. Yeah. And it's just, it hurts. It does. It does. I will say, though, I've watched, I've watched some segments from Kimmel and Colbert, and I've actually really enjoyed those, maybe because they aren't using a laugh track. Like, the opening monologues are still very funny, and it's a little bizarre at first to watch these monologues without a studio audience, but you start to get used to them. Bills, though, yeah, are still bad. John Oliver, like, that first week, I was like, this is weird. But now I watch it and I think it's very good. I think he's got the best one from home right now just Mm -hmm. because of that show's format. Like he never has a a guest. So there's no Zoom call. He's just sitting there and he still has his writers who he can work with digitally. So content wise, it's still very funny. Just no studio audience. I guess we're lucky because we've been doing our show from home for the entirety of its existence. So it never had to get weird for us. Right. Yeah. No (laughs) problems here. We f- we already know how to produce a high quality podcast, not exactly. video wise, but we audio wise. T- but you know we what? Get the in touch is, with some of these producers. Here, here's my whole thing about that. Right, I, I think that if we wanted to, we could figure out how to do that. You know, um, like for example, I'm sure most of these celebrities have an iPhone X, and that has a great camera. You could definitely start a YouTube channel with that. So there's no reason why they can't be recording themselves separately with their phone while still being on Zoom, and then Mm -hmm. sending that over to the editor, because I'm sure that none of these late night show hosts are editing the show themselves. And then they could just like cut it together. It'd be fine. I will say some shows have figured that out. They have good video quality now. But when they have to do things together, they do it over Zoom. And it's just really bad. I mean, these iPhones, yeah, they shoot 4k now. That damn Tiger King special, that after show (laughs) hosted by Joel McHale. They sent everybody iPhones. And these fucking country bumpkins figured it out. Like, if if they can do it, the cast of SNL can do it. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we asked listeners, we said, what special quarantine events have you watched? And we got a lot of feedback. Thanks to everybody who participated at facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show. 
Morgan Levy and a bunch of people agreed with Morgan that some good news with John Krasinski is very good. Stephen Barna, listen up, Laura, said that Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day is doing no fun Mondays during quarantine. He's covering songs from other artists from his living room every Monday until this is over. Pretty rad so far. Oh, I'll need to check that out. I have such a special place in my heart for Billy Joe Armstrong. It's like my inner emo teenager just comes to life. (laughs) Sarah said the Rockettes have been doing Instagram live dance classes and workouts that have been fun. Aaron said we watched the Together at Home concert and I thought it was really well done. Sarah Steelman said the Saturday night setter for Passover was the best Jewish media I've ever seen. I'll probably watch it every year during Passover. A lot of podcasts have been doing extra events, too, like we have to help entertain the people because everybody knows that everybody's got extra time right now. We need something to watch or do. So, yeah. um, Also, if you're a gamer, there's so many major streamers in the community who offer training sessions if you're trying to get better at a particular game. A lot of listeners have mentioned Instagram live events. I haven't personally watched any celebrities do this, but I've seen many Mm -hmm. go live on Instagram because it's so easy for them and they already have huge followings there. Pam, I bet you've watched a couple of those. I've watched one. (laughs) Okay. Love of my life, Bradley James of Merlin fame has been doing Instagram (laughs) lives. Pam's forever love. Yeah. Bradley and I, you know, we go way back. Um, But it culminated in a... Uh, a Merlin pub quiz night that he hosted for charity so you could buy a ticket to play. And it was going to Redemption Pause. And then he brought all of the guys that played nights on the show. So it was like a Merlin reunion, almost, you know, 10 years after the final episode aired. Plus, you could play along with these curated fan um, like these curated questions for fans. So that was really fun. Cool. So those are some of the ways we've been entertained over the past few weeks. And Who knows, maybe movie theaters in other parts of the country will be opening very soon. We thought we would talk about those uh, very much desired $1,200 stimulus payments that have been hitting a lot of people's accounts within the last week. Um, But there are some folks who are having some difficulties in getting it. I figured we could start out by asking the panel, have we gotten our payments yet? Have the people in our lives gotten their payments yet? Yes, Pat and I did uh, last Wednesday, I think the day that most people received them. My mom and I also got ours on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. So my family all got theirs too. Guess who didn't get hers? Me. What? What's wrong? Laura, what did you do? I I don't know. (laughs) You're making too much money. Girl's too rich. That's a (laughs) fucking laugh. (laughs) I like, I even went and I was like, did I like black out and forget? how much money I made. And no, nowhere near (laughs) $75,000. I like went and checked my returns. And I was like, what the fuck? So I keep getting when I submit my information, I keep getting this payment status not available wall comes up every time. And according to the IRS, this could this could mean I'm entering my information wrong. It could mean that I'm making too much money, which no, um, or it could mean that I owe back taxes, which I don't. Uh oh. And they were and they were like, or you didn't file in 2018 or 2019. Like, first of all, I filed in 2018. 
because I owed y'all money and I paid y'all the money. Uh 2019's not due yet. It's not due till July. And the way they positioned this was you only need to have filed in 2018 or 2019, not both. So I know that this seems to have been a problem for... (laughs) several million Americans. Um, Just like reading on Twitter, you can see the responses there. But the story's also gotten picked up by a number of major news outlets that are reporting that this is apparently due to a possible bug with folks who filed with H&R Block and TurboTax. And Mm. the, the commonality seems to be people who filed with these services, but did not get refunds. Oh, okay. so that seems to be the common factor with people who are coming up as like payment status unavailable. And from what I'm hearing as of this point, this means that I'm just going to get one of those fucking paper checks in the mail. Signed eventually. by Donald J. Trump. Y'all. OK, so here's the thing. If I get a fucking paper check, I'm going to cash the shit, but <laughs> then I'm going to burn it. And... <laughs> I will I will Instagram live the burning. Oh my god, of yes. my tantrum <laughs> wait. Why don't you just like cross out his name or something with your blood? Um I don't I'm not giving him my blood. It's bad enough. You make a blood sacrifice he, for me. It's bad enough that he's trying to make it seem like he's giving people money. This $1,200 is not, it's your money. It's taxpayer money. They're just giving you back your money. (laughs) And he's not authorized to sign the check. So he has to have his signature in the memo section. Not where you normally sign a check that you're making out to somebody. That's so sad. It's it's an ad for his (laughs) reelection campaign. That's all. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But that's what it is. Well, he's banking on the fact that people don't understand what the memo line is for because nobody writes checks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All of his voters are going to start signing their name in the memo field. Right. Oh uh, sir, God. this check's not valid. Nobody signed but it. The memo field is like where your grandma writes happy birthday. It's not where she endorses the check. <laughs> right. It might be where she starts endorsing the president, though. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. On behalf of Donald Trump. Not you, not your grandma, Pam. Your grandma seems cool. Oh yeah, she's like, <laughs> look, just get ready. We can move back to Mexico. You have, uh, you know, dual citizenship because of me, so we'll be fine. <laughs> like she'd rather go face down the cartel than stay here if things get crazy. Yeah, I'm seeing somebody else in the Discord. I don't want to read people's names out in case they don't want this information out there publicly, but I'm seeing somebody else in the Discord who's having the exact same problem as me, saying like. I didn't use any of TurboTax or, or H&R Block. I don't make a bunch of money and I filed my taxes and I still am getting that error. And it seems to just be a catch-all error for a lot of possible things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so wait a second. We were able to pass this enormous stimulus package, but we couldn't pay somebody to build a competent submission form with clear error messages. Of course not. I mean, like, I will say uh, I'm surprised they made a website for this. Like that actually was pretty impressive. It doesn't seem to be working that well. Right. But still, for this administration, not bad. It's so funny, though, because if you go to the website, it says it literally is calling fake news on all the outlets that are reporting the issues people are having. Mm-hmm. It's like millions of Americans have successfully gotten their payments and reports that the site crashed are false. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. Of course, the IRS is like not even staffed properly right now. So 
This doesn't surprise me. Meanwhile, the administration has been and Congress have been trying to help small businesses and they've had this small business loan program. I tried to apply for this program on behalf of Hypable Media Inc. The deal is you can get a significant amount of money depending on the size of your existing payroll from the government that they will forgive if you use that money to continue paying your employees. So I signed up for this through who I already bank with, and they said, we're not ready yet, but once we are, we'll invite you to apply. I got invited about a week ago now. I applied. The next day, the government ran out of money to give out. So now, as you all may have heard, there are discussions in Congress to refund that loan program again, and that will hopefully happen sometime this week, at which point my bank will be able to hook the business up with a loan. Uh, But it is a good program if it works, and it should cover some businesses. Well, it should cover millions of small businesses for two to three months. I think that's the goal, to get people through this difficult period. So we'll see what happens. I'll let everybody know. What's scary, though, is if you look at the maps of the states that got the most small business loan help from the most recent stimulus bill, they're all flyover states and states that are in play in the election mm-hmm. that got most of that funding. Mm. That's awful. Not surprised. Yeah. My my local gym, it's a well-known gym chain, but they have franchises. And so the gym that I go to, it's just uh, your average gay couple who are just trying to start up a little small business. They have now started because they can't collect payments from members anymore. And rightfully so. They have started to go fund me to pay the rent. I'm like, damn, is my gym going to go out of business over this because they have to shut down for a month or two? It's like, look, I know it's it's hard running a business and stuff, but save up some money. So like, I, I guess you just never figure you're going to have to close your gym. So why bother saving up some money? Yeah, there's well, a, think- um, an ice cream, a local ice cream shop out here. I think that they've expanded beyond because they're in a bunch of stores it's called three twins ice cream and they just announced that they are shutting their doors and cited coronavirus as the reason why so they sold off all of the product that they did have to grocery outlet and that's that and i think a lot of the time for small business the challenge is that you know small businesses don't make enough of a profit profit margin in order to be able to save for something like this that's true. It's it's absolutely true. And I mean, businesses in my area struggle normally. And I swear mm-hmm. it's because of the weather. People just don't want to go outside to go to restaurants and stuff. I've seen some places closed around here, of course, because of uh, the quarantine and the stay at home orders. And I really do not think they're going to reopen because they were struggling before this. How are you going to survive this? The cities, they need to work to pay these businesses rent for a month or two because otherwise they're going to go out of business. Yeah. And it would be nice to see them do something kind of like, you know, what you were saying, the like, like what the government is doing, basically, is giving money to small businesses. But you're right, there's no reason why, you know, maybe they can't figure out how to do that on a state level to at least make sure that that they'll still be around by the time that, that we're on the other side of all of this. And the states just don't have the money. They can't pull it out of thin air like the government can. Yeah, yeah. I I really believe that there needs to be a federal moratorium on evictions, um, for failure to pay rent because mm-hmm. lots of people can't afford to pay their rent right now. Yeah. So the alternative is you don't do that and then you have businesses kicked out, you have individuals losing their apartments 
and having like there for a lot of those people, they might not have anywhere else to go. So you're potentially risking leaving those people homeless. Right. And also, like, how does it help landlords to kick somebody out for not paying rent now? And then in three months when the economy might be coming back, you've go- you're going to have lost a lot of trust in the community because yeah. you kicked people out during a pandemic. So who's going to want to rent from you? It, it turns into this vicious cycle. Absolutely. So this is an area where I think the federal government needs to step in and provide assistance. All right, we're going to hear from listeners in a moment. They have some questions about how we are surviving quarantine and what they should do to survive quarantine. So that'll be, I think, a fun discussion, actually. But first, this week's episode of Millennial is sponsored by a company who has become extra important during this COVID-19 outbreak, Stamps.com. Even before the quarantine, Stamps.com was saving me so much time and effort over the years. Being able to print stamps at home and at better prices than you'll find at the post office has been a life and time saver. But now they're more important than ever because the last thing you want to do right now is travel to and be inside of a space where hundreds of people may be walking through every day. Ugh! Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at Stamps.com, and that's why they're so great. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip to the post office, plus you can save money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, going anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It is that simple. Time isn't the only thing you'll be saving. With Stamps.com, you can get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. And there's no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. We always talk about good ways to save time and money, and Stamps.com is a perfect example of that type of product. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially now, because you get to take care of all the mailing you need to do without leaving your house. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's Stamps.com and enter code M-I-L-L. Okay, so time for some questions from patrons. First of all, Ashley asks a fun one. First thing you're going to do post quarantine. Laura, I know you have at least one answer. Yeah. So this is something that I've been toying with for quite a while. I think I mentioned this on the show a while back, like thinking about doing it, but I've decided I'm going to shave the side of my head. Oh, wild. I'm going to get that undercut on this side. So like kind of how right now my headphones are covering it, I'm going to have that side removed, probably have a design shaved into it. Ooh, an iguana. <laughs> an iguana. No, I already have one of those on my ankle. Um, <laughs> probably dye it some fun colors to go with the rest of my hair. I'm nervous, but also very excited. Mm. Uh, and I can't wait. So maybe That's I'll awesome. like, maybe I'll video it when it happens because I'll probably like scream. <laughs> when they cut all my hair off. When you just see it That's falling cool. in slow motion to the floor. Yeah. You know how, how many years it's taken to get my hair out this long? Like, I'm probably going to scream, but Aww. it's fine. How many it's years fine. has it taken? I mean, I've had it long for most of my adult life, but I cut it off short. Like, I don't know, five or six years ago. Wow. And I finally got it to the point now where it's like, 
almost to the small of my back. Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, I will still have the length. It's just on this side, this side, sorry, the camera is throwing me off. Um, It's going to be shaved. That's cool. (laughs) How about you, Pam? First thing. Super into it. This is super lame, but I'm going to go visit my grandma because I miss her. Oh, that's That's not lame. That's very sweet. Yeah, I think about that from time to time. Like, if I go home right now, I couldn't visit my grandparents. That would just be irresponsible. And it's a bummer. You can't do that. Like, I guess I could stand out their window and we could talk through the window. But like, yeah. if I go all the way back to New Jersey, <laughs> I'm going to stop before their window. It's just it, honestly, that's sad. the thing. I don't know if I'll go. I'll be comfortable going inside quite yet, but I'll at least go visit her. And, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh, way less sweet. I think, well, A, I'm really eager to get back to the gym. I'm not a gym head, but I just like going to the gym. It's how I take a break during the day, get out of the house during the day, but also go to a bar. I just want to, I miss going to a bar. Like, it's funny, you watch TV shows now and movies and you see people close together in bars and other public spaces and you're like, and you're huh, like, what are you doing? Imagine that. Imagine those days. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy how, how this has changed our perspective on everything. So yeah, those are probably the first things. And by the time this stay at home order is lifted, hopefully we'll be able to Hopefully, it'll be summer here, and I'll just spend a lot of time outside in the park, just relaxing, and I'll sit out there and not worry about a cop giving me a ticket for being outside. How scandalous. Sarah asks, I'm a full-time employee working from home and a mom to two kids. One just turned five and the other is three. What do you guys think of parents allowing their kids more screen time right now? Do we think it will cause irreparable damage? I'm trying to balance work with spending time with them, but my job has gotten even more intense since we started going virtual for all events. None of us here are parents, but I think you got to do what you got to do. There's so much about the current state of affairs that's not ideal. You know, and I think a lot about kids and, and the people, you know, high schoolers who are supposed to be graduating this spring and the impact that this is having on them from a social perspective. I don't think there's a good answer right now. And I think the best thing to do is the best that you can. Mm-hmm. And this is honestly, I think, a really happy compromise. If you still have a job that you have to complete from home, you need your kids to be distracted sometimes so that you can focus on your work. And I know that there's a lot of like parent blogs out there that try to shame people for making certain kinds of parenting choices. But I would say, especially right now, you just have to do what's best for you and your family. Also, your kids are little. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like you can sit them in front of a workbook and tell them to have at it for you know, two or three hours. Um, I think especially since, you know, your kids are small, it's perfectly okay. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's your decision. So like Laura said, don't let anybody shame you because one person's doing more. Yeah. Also, Justin in the Discord is saying that there are a lot of iPad games that are very stimulating for little kids. And that's true. There are tons of apps out there that are very educational. Mm-hmm. So and TV I, shows I wouldn't too. feel yeah, I yeah. wouldn't feel like the extra screen time has to necessarily be a negative. I think there are a lot of ways it can be turned into a positive. 
I guess the concern might be they become more addicted and then after quarantine, they want to be on it longer. But then I guess you're just going to have to have to try to wean them off. But I've seen firsthand, and I think I mentioned this on this show or After Dark, that this stuff works on kids. Like, just like that, like a light switch. They are suddenly distracted by that screen and they are not bothering you anymore. And that is a real lifesaver. So I guess maybe it's just finding things that you think can benefit your kids and are educational and will instill... Uh, good values in them. I also just feel like sometimes when I see hand wringing about kids having too much screen time in general, I'm like, you're living, you're raising children in the digital age. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so I think that now might be a really good opportunity to start instilling those good habits and showing here are all of these beneficial and educational things that can be done with these devices and that Mm -hmm. it's not it's not all just Instagram. You know, by the by the time these kids can have their own phone, we may not even be using phones anymore. We may just have a little screen right over our eye. (laughs) We might have like a chip embedded in our brains. I'm only like half kidding. That virtual reality stuff might be going somewhere. So I hate it. We don't know where we're going to be at uh, five, 10 years from now. Anyway, this next one is kind of related. It's from Becky. What is your routine currently? How do you keep yourself sane with not being able to go out and do things? I actually love the less fast-paced life, but I have young kids that drive me nuts being at home 24-7. I'm doing a daily hour walk where I FaceTime with my three sisters and one sister-in-law. It gives me movement, time away from my young kids, and a time to connect with my family. We've never talked this much before, she says. This is one of the best things to come out of quarantine. You're talking to people who you haven't spoken to in a long time. I'm seeing this a lot Mm -hmm. from people. And it's really nice because suddenly you have more time at home and you're like, oh, let me check in with Betsy, see how she's doing. Haven't spoken to her in a while. Yeah. In terms of our routines, since I've been work from home, it hasn't changed much. But like I mentioned earlier in the show, the past two weekends, Pat and I have been like, we got to get outside. And we do have a park near us, but we were technically not supposed to be in it. The cops also aren't enforcing it, but that's a story for another time. So we've gone outside of Chicago city limits and gone for long walks. And that's been really nice to just get outside, clear our heads, see some new sights, be around people, but still at a distance. I would recommend to people, if you're looking for something to shake up your day, find a park that you can go to. A lot of them are still open. You will see signs there. I've seen at three so far. Um, Hey, keep your distance. We want to keep this park open, but we'll close it if y'all are getting too close to each other. So just follow those guidelines and you should be good. I think cities recognize that people want to be outside right now and they're doing what they can to allow people to do that. I've seen some cities close down roads to cars and let people walk on the streets. That way they have more room to socially distance from other people because on sidewalks, that's tough to do, but out on a street, it's much easier. I think for me, honestly, this podcast gives me a routine that I like basically because we have like this show on Mondays and then MuggleCast on the weekends. It kind of gives me a, a natural schedule where I'm like, okay, these times are blocked off. These times that I need to prep for the shows are also blocked off. And then it's like, okay, what needs to happen? Factor all of those things in. And then what do I want to happen? And that goes in like the spare spaces. Um, That said, like, 
I wouldn't say that I've been my most productive since all of this has happened. And I don't think that you need to be like, I hate seeing all of these influencers talking about how because we have so much more time being at home, this is when you need to create and do all of this other shit. It's like, no, like, I think we're as a species kind of mourning our freedom right now. And it's okay to do that. Um, But some things that I'm really trying to put a concerted effort into are like journaling more. This was something we talked about on After Dark last week. Pam actually gave me some really good prompts to use for that. And I used one the other night. And it was so helpful to have a journal prompt. And I'm really trying to make sure that I prioritize journaling every week so that I'm getting some time for just self-reflection. And um, I bought an aerobic step that I can use for like exercise when I'm feeling like I need a little bit of movement inside the house, but I'm also trying to get this little one out for some long walks here and there because she really enjoys it. And as you can see, it makes her a lot sleepier during the recording. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just trying to be kind to myself is my theme of my routine. But I also have a nine to five that demands my time during a certain period every day. So that helps too. Um, my, my, my answer like Andrew's is just that my routine has not changed very much. I am trying to give myself more to do on the weekends just because, you know, even though I was working from home, I always had weekends free. Um, and that's basically the only reason why I picked up a new hobby. So I'm still trying to teach myself piano. But if I, I love that, yeah, if I were not like, if my life had been upended by the whole work from home situation, I don't know if I would be able to do that, you know? So like yeah. Laura, I just think like if you feel like you don't have the drive to try something new right now, that's totally fine. I've definitely felt less drive at points during the day and I'm just trying to relax more. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking it easy. Oh, I did start meditating though because Laura recommended oh, that, that Bright Minds app. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, How I've do been you incorporating like it? that. It's, it is really nice. I do that every morning for 10 minutes and it's it's a nice way to start the day i need to try that i've been trying but i need to try in the morning i think that'd be a good way to start like like i usually try and set it for right when i wake up or or just a little bit after we've done coffee time a few times over the last few weeks where we just like around three or four in the afternoon we just like brew coffee maybe tea but usually coffee and just like sit down and have that and like a treat and it's just a nice time to hang out and like you and mark yeah oh okay just wanted to check okay now the other five people who live here with me well no i thought well because we do the (laughs) digital coffee hangout so i thought maybe that's what you were well i've actually been doing digital coffee hangouts with you guys and also with some people from work so okay cool that's been great next question is from Kristen. netflix recommendations to help pass the quarantine time I recently started watching Lock and Key and am enjoying it, but I'm still working six days a week, so I haven't had time to watch much yet. So I had a couple of ideas. I was trying to come up with unique ideas since we talk about TV from time to time. First of all, Netflix recently introduced this top 10 feature. I don't know why they suddenly decided to do this, but it's a really good idea. We just want to know what everybody's watching on Netflix. So if you need something... Scroll through this top 10 list and you can know what people are going to be talking about on social media. They've got a new dating show that's on there. I think Tiger King is still on there. Ozark is on there. That's the show that Laura and I have touched on from time to time. Um, That is one of my recommendations. Ozark is very good. 
um, Dead to Me has a new season coming out very soon. There's one season so far. It stars Christina Applegate, I believe. Um, really good drama. Other shows that have been out for a while, I recommended Mad Men recently. Pat and I are binging that right now. Breaking Bad, it's so good. It changed my life. I'm obsessed. Better Call Saul season finale tonight. Can't wait to finish a show so I can watch that. And then also, if there's a certain type of genre that you really like, so like action comedy movies or just comedies, just go to Google and type in best comedies on Netflix. And I promise you, you will find 50 best of lists from a billion different sites, maybe including Hypables. You have certain types of movies that you want to watch or TV shows that you want to watch, and there are recommendation lists online. So just get Googling for the type of content that you like to watch. I also wanted to recommend YouTube. There are so many YouTube channels out there about basically anything that you might be interested in. Um, I personally am a big like horror fan. So there are a couple of YouTube channels that we follow for spooky shit. Um, one of them's called Mr. Nightmare. Um, he does a lot of like narrative readings of people's creepy experiences that they've had. Um, there's also one I think called TTS News that does a lot of readings of like Reddit stories that people have experienced. Um, also, like Andrew said, like pulling up those lists of like whatever genre of movies it is that you're looking for can give you some good finds. So yeah, YouTube, I mean, also, I like YouTube for comedy. So I've definitely stumbled across some really fun stuff there. Like I would recommend Sailor J. She's one of my favorite YouTubers. She does these hilarious makeup tutorials um, where it's like the point of the tutorial isn't really the makeup. It's more the social commentary. So stuff like that is always good. Also like Markiplier, if you're into um, like Let's Plays and things like that. Um, I watch a bit of YouTube as well. Uh, I mean, like Laura said, you could find almost anything on there. And so something is bound to pique your interest for kind of more longer form things. Um, I really like um, the Hot Ones interviews with like the the spicy chicken wings and stuff like that. Those are really fun. There's a bunch of them. So you could be entertained for a while there. Um, I also really like Michelle Kare's content. She does a series called Challenge Ex- Accepted where she tries to train in a certain profession for a week. So she's, you know, trained like an FBI agent, like a firefighter, like a figure skater. That's pretty good. And um, I mentioned him before as well, but I think that Anthony Padilla's I Spent a Day With series is really good. Yeah. The one on disassociative identity disorder was particularly compelling if you want to start somewhere. Um, but yeah, as for as for Netflix, I've honestly just been reverting to things that I feel like are more comfort viewing um, I think that that that's probably where like my stress level is showing that I, I don't really necessarily feel compelled to start anything new, but I'm going back to old favorites. Um, and I know I've talked about this before, but the adaptation Netflix did with the um, CBC for Anne of Green Gables, which is called Anne with an E, is just really good. It's probably my favorite new season that came out in 2020. And it really sucks that, you know, they've pulled the plug after three seasons because they could have gone further into it. But that is super good. So if you grew up on the books, or even on the 80s um, movies, then you're probably really going to like this adaptation. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit gritty at times, but it still has that optimistic feel to it. 
while incorporating some social issues that are just super relevant to the world that we live in right now. So would recommend. All right. It's time now for recommendations. We'll continue recommending things. I want to recommend Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the new version hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know if this is like an anniversary edition of the show, but Jimmy Kimmel has been doing it with celebrities and it's good. It's not great. Kimmel's no Regis Philbin, but it's been entertaining and you got to love the lighting and the studio and the the music is just so intense. And these episodes have been pretty entertaining so far. It's airing every Wednesday on ABC. Yeah, I watched the first one with, um, what is it? They, they had the guy from Modern Family on and it was really Eric fun. Stone Street. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really love Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because you can play along with it too. And that's always really yes. fun. Uh, I would like to recommend Project Wren. We had talked about them on the show several weeks ago. Um, but they are a nonprofit that you can give to to offset your monthly carbon emissions. So they have this really great calculator where you can go in and enter all of your personal information in terms of what kind of car you drive, what your home en- energy expenditure is, whether you take mass transit if you recycle or not, all of these different things. And it's very exact and it's able to give you what your monthly carbon emissions are and you can donate to a number of projects that they fund around the world to help offset that. The reason that I'm recommending them is they're actually providing financial assistance right now to donors who are impacted by COVID-19. So if you go in and try to cancel your monthly pledge, they actually offer to cover two months of your pledge for you so that you don't have to cancel it. Um, And I think that that's just really commendable. And it shows that they're putting the money where their mouth is and that this is really something that's close to their heart. And it's something that makes me feel very determined to continue giving to them. The fact that they're willing to give 100% for people for a two-month period, even though they're a nonprofit. For my recommendation, I have one more YouTube channel. I didn't know we were going to talk about YouTube before I would have picked something else. (laughs) But um, I just want to formally recommend the Bon Appetit channel because we've talked about it before a couple times on the show. And it's just so good. Um, I'm obsessed. Katie in the Discord is asking if I have a favorite chef. It's really hard to pick one. But um, like a lot of people, I just love Claire. I think her gourmet makes show is so, so good. But I also really like Back to Back Chef and, and it's alive and it's just it's fantastic. Even if you don't like cooking shows, I feel like like you'll find yourself entertained. They have a really good thing going over there. So we'd check that out. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. What are we going to do in After Dark today? This is going to be kind of a, a, a little bit of a variety show. So we're going to be playing a drinking game throughout the episode that has some rules that will probably result in us failing miserably and having to drink. We also have a surprise bitch victim lined up, and we have taken a linguistics test that purports to be able to determine where in the United States you are from based on what kinds of vernacular you use. So we're going to reveal our results from that and talk about some of the differences in things that we might say based on our regions. So should be really fun. And we'll be following that up with a game of categories, which will also be drinking motivated. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Relaxed edition 
of After Dark. You can listen to that at patreon.com slash millennial. Like we said earlier, we deeply appreciate your support, especially during this time. Um, Not only do we know things might be harder for you, but we have been losing some advertisers because they're pulling out of advertising campaigns because nobody's spending money right now. So thank you, everybody, for your support during this difficult time. Um, We hope that Millennial has been a source of relaxation for you over the past month and for months and years to come as we get through whatever life has to throw our way. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Don't forget, we also have that confessional there. And follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Laura, today's song is for you. I feel if you can't get high, you should at least be able to sing about getting high. Thank you. I'm Which Andrew. Which song is this? I'm Laura. You will find out. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. 420. Uh, <laughs> la, 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 and I know why. Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was going to go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed. But I got high. Uh.